Hello, I'm Mercedes. And I'm Tash. And you're listening to episode 40 of Chat Disney. another episode of the chat disney podcast and i feel like we've hit a bit of a milestone being our 40th episode da, 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 indeed only 10 more to go to the big 50 uh this week mercedes and i will be talking all about our plans for our upcoming disneyland paris trip which will be happening in january so very exciting um, but first off let's have a little look at what's been happening in the world of disney this week So first off, for some of you old school Indiana Jones fans, you may remember when they first opened the ride back in 1995, uh, guests used to be given a decoder card to help translate um, little hieroglyphics and things in the queue. They're now bringing that back through an app, um, which is going to be available through the Disney Parks Play app. So um, yeah, another way of making some of the queues a bit more interactive. I really hope that we see them introduce this with a lot of other ride queues as well. Absolutely. In the world of Hollywood, the glitz and the glamour, the Golden Globes nominations were announced and there are a few familiar favourites in there. The Lion King, Frozen and Toy Story 4 up for best animation. Notice that the Lion King is in animation because it's an animation, not a live action. There we are. Um, Into the Unknown from Frozen 2 and Spirit from the Lion King are also in there for best original song. But I think the thing that I really took away from the nominations that I think is really, really exciting and shows that the Disney company is heading in the right direction is the fact that of all of the different film studios out there and television productions, Disney was the third highest nominated company they had six nominations for the golden globes and the company that had the most nominations they had 17 can you guess who it was tash no because i would only think it would be disney universal that's what i would probably guess basically it's really difficult to call yeah netflix oh and what this tells me is that disney plus has not come at a better time like Disney have obviously realised that that whole streaming wave is, I mean, it's in maturity now, like they're a little bit late to the party, but thank goodness they've joined at all. Definitely, yeah, I'm quite surprised about that, but also not surprised yeah. when I really think about it. Yeah. Um, in other exciting news, the man himself, Mr. Bob Iger, has been named the Times Business Person of the Year. Um, Obviously, this year has been a big year for Bob and for Disney. They closed the deal with Fox, Galaxy's Edge opened, obviously the launch of Disney Plus, and Bob released his uh, book, Ride of a Lifetime, which has made him also a best-selling author as well as CEO of Disney and Times Business Person of the Year. So, well done, Bob. Very exciting. Moving over to some different news for Disney, some LGBTQ plus news, and lots of it there has been in the past week. First of all, there are two openly gay teenagers in High School Musical, the musical, the series. Those of you that do have Disney Plus will have seen in last week's episode that two of the high schoolers, two male high schoolers, have decided to go to the dance together and form a romantic relationship relationship which is a real first for Disney entertainment and great to see. Billy D. Williams who plays Lando Calrissian in the Star Wars franchise has also opened up about Lando being pansexual. He controversially said that he didn't feel that the inclusion was needed for the character in the prequel Solo in which he's played by Donald Glover and again going back to disney plus those of you that have watched the marvel project it's a really exciting tv show where different kinds of children from all walks of life get to be their own hero and are reimagined as marvel characters and disney plus has brought us the first transgender marvel character in the form of a little girl who is featured on the show and she gets to be reimagined as a marvel superhero which is really exciting and i think showing some really great progress for the Walt disney company Definitely, indeed. We spoke a little bit last week about the new Sector Soleil show that is coming to Walt Disney World in March next year. Um, we talked about how there is a documentary on YouTube of some of the behind the scenes footage. Um, this week they have announced the title of the show and the title is Drawn to Life, um, which instantly to me, I thought, yes, that sounds amazing. Um, all we know about the story so far is 
the premise is there's a father and he leaves his little girl some unfinished animation pieces which she finds and then kind of embarks on a journey to complete them filled with her Disney childhood memories very so cool. yes I would be very very intrigued to see that definitely those of you heading over to disney park that are fans of the starbucks frappuccino we do have some more secret menu items to let you all know about there are some frozen two flavors i highly recommend popping onto the Narcity website to have a look at the different ingredients that you need to ask for from the barista. But my personal favorite was the Olaf Frappuccino, which is a vanilla bean frappuccino with a little side of mocha. And then what you do is you purchase one of the cool little snowmen cake pops and you just dip that into the top of the whipped cream and voila, there's your very own Olaf Frappuccino. Lovely. I would love it if our local Starbucks had uh, Olaf cake pops as oh, well. Oh, yeah, amazing. <laughs> Imagine. Yeah. Um, more news for you. Lots to talk about this week. Um, so this year, Disney have gone mad with the colours. We've had rose gold, we've had millennial pink, we've had Arundel aqua, and they have finally announced the latest colour, Belle of the Ball Bronze. So obviously bronze is very in. This is the latest colour. If you've seen the images, um, a lot of the spirit jerseys, they're obviously black, and then they have kind of gold dots, like polka dot bits at the bottom, which I guess are meant to be like, I don't know, flex of bronze or whatever. But um, yeah, so do check them out. And final bit of news for you. We've been talking about Baby Yoda lots and lots and lots. It is, of course, the new character from The Mandalorian. His name is actually The Child, so we should really refer to him as such. And The Child, or Baby Yoda, as you and, you and I would call him, um, has now made his debut at Disney Parks. He is on a, an array of different bits of merchandise. There are now magic bands sporting the character, and there is a new visual of him on diaper-changing facilities. Yes, that is quite right. He appears on the diaper changing signage. I, for one, am very excited. I have been very lucky enough to see the Mandalorian completely legally, I would like to stress. And unfortunately, I have absolutely no idea what's going on most of the time because I'm just staring at the screen going, oh my God, he's so cute. <laughs> and that about wraps it up for what's been going on in the world of Disney this week. We're now going to move on to the main part of the episode, talking about our upcoming trip to Paris. So a couple of months ago, um, we were sitting in our very recording room when Mercedes turned to me and asked me how I would feel about taking a trip to Disneyland Paris with her. Um, obviously, I jumped at the chance. Um, so let's start off. We're going to be talking a lot in this episode about our trip or what we've got planned in terms of dining reservations, must-dos things we want to purchase. We're lucky enough to be going during the frozen celebration period, so we're gonna be talking about that as well. But let's kick off with talking a little bit about the history of Disneyland Paris as a park and also our history and relationship in terms to that park. So Mercedes, why don't you start us off? Absolutely. Um, I would also like to just apologize to any of our regular listeners that are wondering what's happening to my voice. I am recovering from a cold. It's like return of Husky Tash. 2.0 yeah husky <laughs> mercedes this week so disneyland paris it was of course the first ever european disney resort it is still to this day the only european disney resort opened in 1992 tash was born november 1990 i was born june 1991 so we were little mini people at the time of opening but both were very lucky and got to visit the park if you would like to know a lot more about disneyland paris in terms of the layout and kind of how it compares to some of the other disney parks I would implore you to go way, 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 way back to the very, very beginning, episode six or episode seven, something like that, which was our Disneyland Paris episode. And Tash and I did a full deep dive into the park and how it's structured and how it compares to the other Disney parks around the world back then. So definitely give that a listen if Disneyland Paris is something that is specifically of interest to you. Just a little bit of general background then. At the time of Disneyland Paris opening, Mike Eisner was the CEO of the Walt Disney Company. And after the success of Tokyo Disneyland, really wanted to bring Disney to more of an international scale, hence the opening of Disneyland Paris. 
he decided at the time that Walt Disney's original Disneyland was of course the classic and then Roy Disney kind of really built upon that when he helped to craft Walt Disney World in Florida to become what it is today and Mike Eisner decided with Disneyland Paris that he wanted to create the most beautiful Disney park and because of that unfortunately the park was in a lot of debt when it opened the budget was well and truly exceeded to create what he said was the most beautiful Disney resort around the world I would say that I agree with him I think that he successfully met that goal quite quite happily the issue really with Disneyland Paris when it was opened was that the French found it to be culturally insulting they felt that they didn't want Mickey Mouse imposing on their beautiful city and they also felt that the park wasn't representative of French culture. There was no wine served during opening, but all of these things obviously have been adapted as time's gone on. And I think that when you look at things like Shanghai Disneyland, which has opened more recently, Disney are a lot more sensitive to the local cultures of the people that the Disney parks are being placed in. So that's a general little bit of Disneyland background um, as I said Tash and I were very very lucky and got to visit the park in 1992 during the grand opening not together that would be weird I went with my family Tash went with her family and we both have no memory of those trips Tash when was your next visit to Disneyland Paris so amazingly and shockingly uh, this trip coming up will be my only my third time to Disneyland Paris which is pains me to say it um because obviously it's so close to us but there we go um so yeah as Mercedes mentioned 1992 opening year was my first time no memories of that trip whatsoever apart from photos and home videos um my next trip after that was in 2008 with Mercedes so Mercedes invited me um on holiday to Disneyland Paris with her family um, and weirdly, I have very little memories of that trip. And you would think I would have lots because we took lots of photos. It was our first. I mean, we we had a bit of a tradition when we were kind of in high school where we would go to Alton Towers every year. It started off actually, we'd go to Thorpe Park and then it escalated to Alton Towers, always with Mercedes family. And then um, Disneyland Paris was actually when we both left school and we were in separate colleges. Um, but yeah, so you would think I would have more memories of this trip, but I don't for some reason. I mean, I, I know we had a great time and all, but I can't help feel maybe my lack of memories is because the park wasn't great back then. I mean, Disney Studios was kind of in its real slump then, wasn't it? 2008. So I yeah. have very little memories of Disney Studios. Absolutely. So Walt Disney Studios in Paris, again, just a little bit of history about that park, because it is a separate park for those of you that aren't familiar with the Disneyland Paris Resort. It was built literally to be like a quick and dirty job. It was like, this park is not making any money. The park was making no revenue. It was actually costing the Disney company money each year. They felt they needed something else. And unfortunately, California Adventure in, in Anaheim was a similar kind of thing. They were like, look, let's just get something up. And that is essentially what happened with Walt Disney Studios. Unfortunately, that's why Walt Disney Studios was in disarray when it first opened. And when we went together in 2008, it hadn't really moved on from there. I would still argue that, you know, there are some great new additions that I can't wait for you to see during our trip that we'll talk about in a little bit more detail in this episode. But as a park as a whole, for me, it's still got a lot of work to do. But, you know, we're getting Galaxy's Edge, we're getting a Frozen Land, we're getting a Marvel Land. So hopefully within sort of five years time, that park is in, you know, good stead to be good, essentially. Um, so my history, very, very briefly, I did talk about this in the Disneyland Paris episode. Disneyland Paris is the, is the park that I've been to the most frequently. It's definitely the one that I know the best. Um, my mum got really scared after the 9-11 attack and I, for whatever reason, decided that she didn't want to fly. I say for whatever reason, obviously, that makes total sense. Um, so we went to Disneyland Paris a lot around that sort of time. Also, my sister was a baby, so my mum felt a lot more comfortable with her being put in the car, and then we would drive to Disneyland Paris. And we did this a lot. I think I'm on maybe trip 17 or 18 now for Disneyland Paris. So, you know, I'm 28 years old, so I've pretty much been you know every other year more than that in fact so I do know Disneyland Paris really really well I also have no recollection of that 2008 trip it's the weirdest thing it's almost like it never happened I know if there were no photos I yeah, wouldn't believe but it I, happened. I don't know why because I remember our trips to Alton Towers so clearly but there's something about that Disneyland Paris maybe we were just so excited and in such a bubble I don't know but yeah yeah it's weird there are a few like standout moments I remember but it's not about the park it's about things that happened in the 
room that were funny or like the journey to France so that's that that's kind of um mine and Tasha's experience and I think before we kind of get into everything I just want to say how excited I am to see the park again through your eyes I'm really looking forward to that in a similar kind of vein to when you took me to Shanghai I guess feeding off of that energy of somebody that you know loves Disney as much as you do and getting to experience it all because I mean lots of it will be for the first time for you there will be attractions that you've never been on and areas that you've never seen and I'm really looking forward to to that definitely so before we head into our trip and kind of the specifics of what we've got planned we are going to be ending today's episode with a special Q&A segment lots of you have been writing into us with your questions which we're really looking forward to answering but it did come to our attention that a few of those questions were specifically about our upcoming trip to Disneyland Paris so we thought let's throw them out there now and answer a few of those for you so these questions have all come in from the wonderful Chris Fint on Twitter so thank you so much Chris for sending these questions our way the first one Tash for you is what are your must-dos at Disneyland Paris I guess it's quite a difficult one for you (laughs) (laughs) it is and it's not um because obviously there are as you say there are a lot of new attractions and things there since I last went so attraction wise I would say my absolute must is Ratatouille um is it Ratatouille the adventure yes yep so that that wasn't there when I went before uh, Tash, so... sorry it's Le Adventure oh sorry Ratatouille Le Adventure <laughs> <laughs> sorry <laughs> apologies um so yeah that is an absolute must for me um yeah out of all the attractions um again Crush's Coaster is another one because that is the only vague memory I have of that trip is that I really really enjoyed that ride when we went on it so I would say in terms of rides and attractions they're my two absolute musts yeah I I, I think you're spot on I love both of those rides as well for me my number one must do on this trip is going to be Phantom Manor I absolutely love Phantom Manor I prefer it to the Haunted Mansion versions that I've been on in the States and it's got this complete new overlay now that depicts the narrative of Melanie Ravenswood so for me that is my must do on this specific trip I think if I had to say a must do just generally like you're going to Disneyland Paris you can only go on one trip uh, one ride what would it be I'd probably say the Tower of Terror Mm. I really love the Tower of Terror and I know lots of people in the Disney community say that the French version is not as good as the American one but I really like it so that's my favourite good yeah I yeah I haven't been on that for a long time I think the last time I went on that was again in California which was 2013 can't do that again can you no I know (laughs) (laughs) right so next question again from Chris Vint what is at the top of your purchase list for this trip Oh, good question again. Um, I have several things and I'm really trying to budget for this trip because obviously I go to Florida about two and a half, three weeks later. Um, How well that's going to go, I don't know. But anyway, um, my top purchases for this trip, I realised the other day I don't have a, Paris is one of the only ones along with obviously Florida that I don't have a mug or a magnet for. So they are two things I need. I can't I can't get a mini I can't do anymore I've got about 25 as it is mini plushies um they live under my bed and in a cupboard just sitting there I don't think I can buy anymore um and also it's the do I get a spirit jersey do I not I really want one but do I hold out to Florida do I get both I don't know I'm I'm torn there that's a difficult decision Mm, it is For me, if I can get my hands on an Arundel Aqua spirit jersey, which is very, very unlikely. I think I've harassed every single person I've seen on social media that's in Disneyland Paris and they seem to have stopped selling them now. That would have been at the top of my to purchase list. The thing that I always buy from Disneyland Paris, and it's such a weird item, you can't get it in any other Disney resort. Can I guess what it is? Yes. Pasta. Yes. Is it? Yes. I love the Disney pasta. If anyone wants to get in my good books, please send me some Disney pasta. The lovely Ryan, who we had on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, actually got me some Disney pasta when he went to Disneyland Paris, because I've kind of got a bit of a reputation for it now. And you can't get it in Florida, California. Like, it's crazy. Um, Or even in Shanghai, I thought they might have like some Mickey noodles, but no, Paris is the only place you can get the Disney pasta. So that is definitely at the top of the list for me. And then the final question, um, I've probably kind of answered this one a little bit in my um, must do, but what have you missed out doing the last time you were at Disney that you hope to do on this trip? Oh, God. Um, 
remembering everything um no again that's that's quite a difficult one for me to answer because I feel like a lot has changed and I do remember very little of that trip so um yeah I would say kind of the main thing is just all the things that I you know my must do is everything that is kind of at the top of my priority list in terms of attractions etc cool yeah so as I say I kind of answered this already when I last went to Disneyland Paris it was in January 2018 I went with Grumpy and Phantom Manor was closed for the refurbishment it's been closed for like 18 months so that's something that I didn't get to go on last time and obviously it's quite different now so I'm really looking forward to that also this is so strange but the dragon under the castle that was all closed off so that's going to be my first stop literally walk down main street get a photo with the castle go to see the dragon that's literally like we're all standing there at the castle where's Mercedes? oh she's gone to the dragon i know it's so silly but i was so i hadn't told grumpy about it as well and i was really excited because obviously you know he'd been to shanghai at this point so he kind of knew like the basic outline basic premise of a disney park and i was really excited to be like oh should we just pop down here and see what's there and then the dragon would come out and terrify him that was what I imagined in my head and then obviously it was closed off, so that just never happened. That's <laughs> so, the other one. So there we go. Okay, right. let's start talking a little bit about our own trip that we've got coming up. So in total, there's four of us going. So obviously there's Mercedes and I, and then we're going with two of Mercedes friends who I've met a good few times as well. Um, Laura is a huge Disney fan. She's been on this podcast in the Ohana section before. She's been to Disneyland how many times, Mercedes, would you say? Uh, she's been a lot. She's done Paris, Florida, and also California. Lovely. And then we're going with your friend Steph as well, who I know you've been to Disneyland Paris with a couple of times, am I right in saying? Yeah, so we were really lucky when we were at uni. Our uni used to organise a Christmas trip to Disneyland Paris, and it was super affordable for, you know, on, on peak Christmas time. So Steph and I went, uh, I think, twice then, and then we also went in 2000 and I want to say 16 yeah 2016 lovely yes yes so we're going to be staying at sequoia lodge which is one of the disney resorts on property so just to give you a bit of an overview of kind of where sequoia lodge sits you've got the main disneyland hotel kind of outside the park it's that gorgeous pink hotel that i'll never get to stay in because it costs about a million euros a night then if you walk around past through disney village you've got the lake and that's where the three kind of main hotel i would call them the main disneyland hotels unless of course you're a millionaire um you've got new hotel new york which has recently just changed to the marvel animation i think it's the art of marvel or something like that used to be my favorite hotel at disneyland paris i don't think it will be anymore um opposite you've got newport bay which is sailor themed very nautical probably my favorite at the moment and then on the other side of the lake you've got the sequoia lodge I'm really excited because I have stayed at all of the Disney hotels bar the Disneyland hotel and Sequoia Lodge was the first one I stayed at with my family. I was seven and I have no recollection of it. So I'm really, really looking forward to staying there. Uh, Yeah, I am too. I mean, I haven't I've I've not really stayed in Disney hotels that much, to be honest with you. I stayed at the Toy Story Hotel in Shanghai. Um, and I've stayed, um, where did we stay before? Don't tell me, don't tell me, don't tell me. We stayed at the, the Santa Fe. That's correct, did, yes. Didn't we? So the other two that I didn't mention there were the Santa Fe and the Cheyenne, which are about a 10 minute walk. So when you're in that kind of main plaza that I just mentioned with the three hotels, you kind of take this little path that leads you to those two. And there is, of course, the Davy Crockett, which is off site. I've stayed there. When yes, I was two. There you go. <laughs> There's another one to add to exactly. your list. Exactly. But yeah, Sequoia Lodge is kind of. Um, how would you describe it what's not not western but it's like what what is it like well it's it's can can you not can you yeah i mean i know exactly what you mean so it's it's kind of um so so basically again just to give a little bit of background i said i wasn't going to do too much history today and just like a history lesson so each of the disney hotels at disneyland paris are based on different elements of america basically so the original disneyland hotel is very victorian and its design i mean that one's a little bit different we'll exclude that for now new york obviously you know it's in the title it's skyscrapers newport bay is very new england um and then sequoia lodge it gives me kind of yosemite californian vibes um obviously you get the sequoia trees in california so i think that's where the name comes from santa fe is very new mexico very route 66 obviously it's got the cars overlay now which feeds into that really nicely and then cheyenne is 
western it's recently had a toy story overlay so again feeds in really nicely to the old west so sequoia lodge yeah it's very kind of outdoorsy rustic californian mountains is is kind of the vibe it gives me but then it's got bambi theming as well hasn't it it has so it's recently um <laughs> had an upgrade of renovation with bambi i guess bambi is meant to be based in the states um or you know canada that kind of vibe what's really interesting actually is that when i was in disneyland in california this year um the grand californian looks exactly the same as sequoia lodge it's got that green roofing like the brown almost rustic kind of log paneling which i found really really interesting and again kind of pays homage to that whole california decadence so it's definitely a play on that so yes really looking forward to staying there um something terrible that's happened with disney hotels in paris in the last few years is that breakfast is no longer included in the cost of your stay outrageous i think so too um we were very fortunate we booked our holiday through magic breaks who have been nothing but incredible and if you are thinking of booking a disneyland paris holiday we highly recommend that you check out the site because they've got lots of really good deals and offers on there at the moment you can also pay in installments which is really beneficial for a lot of people if they're trying to budget so with magic breaks at the time of booking we were really fortunate to get a free dining plan included in our package which means that we get breakfast and one three course meal for every day of our stay which has made the whole trip super affordable for us yeah definitely i mean you can't really argue with that i mean big breakfast i feel like i won't really need much for lunch a bit of snacking and then you've got a free course meal sort of you know in the evening i mean actually though our dining reservations a lot of them aren't in the evening but anyway we'll get on to that in a minute <laughs> um but yeah it definitely works out well and as mercedes said magic breaks do have some amazing deals at the moment they're doing a lot of great deals you know throughout december for christmas and um, they're also doing things like you know giving away free plushies when you book a trip um free goodie bags free stockings at the moment because it's christmas so yeah definitely if you are planning a disneyland trip for next year do have a look at booking it in december because there are some fantastic fantastic deals at the moment definitely and i think that takes us nicely on to talking about dining so obviously one of the things I feel that Paris, the city, is very, very famous for its fantastic cuisine. Disneyland Paris, not so much. Um, and again, I keep banging on about, on about this, but I really can't remember the cuisine from last time we went, which does, you know, that doesn't speak volumes in itself, really, does it? Um, but yeah, every time, you know, you have to be living under a rock to miss you know people talking about sort of how bad the the food is at disneyland paris so let's talk a little bit about our dining reservations so we've made three reservations altogether. so our first one is one that was again i would say top of my list is captain jack's yes so i've dined at captain jack's a couple of times i originally dined there when it was the blue lagoon it's obviously had a bit of an update it comes to the naming of the restaurant it's now got that tie with pirates of the caribbean sticking another ip in there for good measure don't see what was wrong with the name blue lagoon but anyway i digress the first time i ate there was absolutely incredible the ambiance in that restaurant is out of this world you're dining in the pirates of the caribbean attraction you cannot get more magical than that the cocktails at blue lagoon are fantastic however i ordered a plantain curry and about three pieces of my plantain were frozen the second time i dined at blue lagoon again i had a really lackluster flavorless pasta dish that was nothing to shout about so i think if you are going to disneyland paris captain jacks is definitely one to consider and i'm really glad that we're going to be dining there i think with the four of us the four girlfriends having cocktails and being in that atmosphere is going to be so much fun but if you're a real foodie i wouldn't recommend it no definitely not and as a vegetarian as well i mean i've had a look at all the menus and there is i think there's about one thing that i can have and it's got tofu and i don't like tofu so it's gonna be very <laughs> slim like it's for me but as you say um i'm not going for the food i am going for the whole atmosphere of the place in general yeah, yeah. well then you'll be happy because exactly. it is it is really really magical yes definitely um what have we booked for the saturday mercedes so on the saturday we are going to be dining at my favorite restaurant forget everything you heard about disneyland paris food because the food here is actually really decent we are going to be eating at shay remy's the ratatouille restaurant situated in walt disney studios this is of course the restaurant where you're shrunk down to rat size 
all of the tables and everything around you are gigantic and you can see this restaurant as you exit the ratatouille adventure ride so yeah you know the whole exit at the gift shop no no they're like exit at the really fancy restaurant that's really expensive and then ask mummy and daddy if you can eat there <laughs> you know that whole chestnut um but yeah I've, I've eaten at Shea Remy once before I ate there with Grumpy when we went last year and the food was really really good we did go in January so the same time that we're going to be going Tash and unfortunately because it is off peak the restaurants are quite quiet especially some of the more expensive ones and especially at dinner time because a lot of them close very early because the parks are closing early and therefore the dinner sittings are quite early and obviously in Europe they like to dine quite late as well so if you're going for a three-course meal at 5 p.m at Shea Remy's in January you're probably going to be on your Todd which we were so it was a little bit lacking in atmosphere for that reason but I cannot fault the service or the food it was proper like what you would expect of a posh fancy french restaurant it really 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 good i'm really excited about this one because i know how much you've raved about it before so that is the one i'm very very excited about no pressure (laughs) no pressure at all and then on the sunday i think the one that we're all the most excited about is we are doing the inventions brunch um so this is character dining and we did have to pay or we are having to pay a little bit more for this because it's not quite included in our dining plan so I think we have to pay, I don't know, an extra 20, 30 euros on top of what we have. But um, for character dining, I I don't think that's too bad, to be honest. Um, So if you've not heard of the Inventions Brunch before, they run this once a week on a Sunday. And every week it has a different theme. Um, And you never know what the theme is going to be in advance. So in the past, they've done things like Mary Poppins, Leo and Stitch. They've done a lot of different films. They've also done things like, I think, Space, um, like Royal theme, I don't know just a lot of different themes so I think that is one I'm very excited about I know that was a big one that you wanted to do as well Mercedes yeah absolutely so inventions you can dine at inventions in the week and you know it's perfectly fine you get Mickey Minnie Chip and Dale Donald all the usual suspects but the reason that the the inventions brunch really appealed to me was the fact First of all, the Inventions restaurant is located in the Disneyland Hotel. And if you haven't already caught on, I kind of really want to stay there. And I'm kind of a little bit jaded about the fact that I haven't. So going for cocktails in the Cafe Fantasia bar that's there and then, you know, dining at Inventions, they're my like little snippet of heaven if you will and the thing about inventions brunch that i found really exciting was as tasha said this real mystery about you don't know what you're going to get and sometimes they'll do like a really random out there theme like arabian and you'll get aladdin and jasmine but then you'll also get mickey and minnie and you know like really unique arabian costumes that you've never seen before so that's what i love i mean knowing our luck it'll be like winnie the pooh theme (laughs) or something like that and i'll think great i've spent all this money i could have just had buffer at plaza gardens and dined with tigger and eel but i'm optimistic it's off peak it's a quiet january like come on pull out the big guns have some really rare characters that would be amazing i really hope so i mean i'm kind of thinking you know frozen celebration is kind of happening at the time could they do a frozen brunch but they're only going to run that once if they do it would we be lucky enough i don't know are they even going to do it who knows another one as well and tash you'll know a lot more about the timing of this than i will but chinese new year's around then isn't it it is and i actually think it is earlier this year because it, it changes every year weirdly sometimes it's in february sometimes it's in january i've got a feeling this year it is earlier and it is in january so because maybe. yeah i have seen that they've done a chinese new year before which was amazing like Mulan Mushu really really amazing characters Um, although I will just add I'm pretty sure they had Duffy in a Chinese outfit oh no if it was a Duffy themed brunch just kill me can you imagine though because for the majority of western people that haven't been to the Asian parks going to Inventions Brunch and having like Duffy Shelley Mae Gelatoni would be really rare I'd feel like I've been cheated I would too but I think for lots of people that would feel like a really amazing opportunity I'd love like just a generic like rare character one if it was like Oswald and Hortensia and Horace Horsecollar and Clara like the classic old school Mickey and Minnie characters I'm really excited I think my ultimate one if you had to say like your ultimate 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 what would it be I don't know I'm 
This is a very good question. I've just started thinking about this while we've been talking about this because I knew you were going to ask me this. <laughs> um, I think, like, just while you're thinking, like, it would be very easy for me to say princesses. I but that, yeah. It would, but then you can do princess dining in Florida. So I feel like, you know, I've done that before. I've been really lucky and had breakfast in the castle before with all of the Disney princesses. And I know not everyone is fortunate enough to do that, but because that is something you can do elsewhere, I feel like it's not unique enough like I want to go for something really really obscure hmm yeah I don't know I'd like it if they just did something totally random like characters beginning with A and you had like Ariel Aurora Alice Abu that would be cool Aladdin hmm yeah Yeah, Aristocat (laughs) I I yeah I really hope that we don't get stuck with a dud theme I hope so too. What about a French theme? You could have the Aristocats, Belle and Lumiere. That would be cool. I feel Uh, like they've probably done that before though. I think I've seen it, but I think it was just the Aristocats and then Mickey and Minnie wearing like stripy tops. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. Well, we will let you know. We will. We will indeed. Um, Okay, so that's dining. Any other, you know, you're the expert. You've been, as you say, about 18 times before Mercedes obviously we've already spoken about how um disneyland paris is not known for its food but are there any other kind of you know snacks any other kind of food related things that are kind of on your to-do list anything you're looking forward to anything you're going to avoid on this trip i mean no to all of the above (laughs) apart from is there anything you're going to avoid um i think all of it yeah exactly i think it's really sad because before i was going to california I had a list, like, literally a mile long of, like, Dole Whip, Bao Buns, churros, you know, this specific churro from this specific kiosk. This is what I have Cinnamon flavour, right? Yeah, exactly. And I think that's what, for me, certainly, that's what Disney trips are all about. And then I look at the food in Disneyland Paris and it's like, yeah. But I do think that they are trying to ride the wave of millennial Instagrammable food items a little bit more i've seen that for the frozen celebration we're getting some cool cake pops coming out donuts things like that the only thing i would say from kind of historical trips that i've taken that i would really recommend and it sounds so trivial but it is the most delicious food item you will get from disneyland paris when you walk into the park and you're on main street usa turn to the right there's a big confectionery store you'll go in you'll be overwhelmed with shells shells shelves full of lovely sweet treats ignore them all go to the little counter there is like 15 different flavored fudges and they're amazing and i always 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 get fudge from disneyland paris i do not eat it there i always eat it when i'm home i think oh i forgot about that disney fudge i'll go and get it out of my case and i normally gift some to my sister as well because she loves it and it's really good quality fudge fudge is something that i don't eat very often as well it's like a bit of a weird thing that i just have at disney parks but yeah, yeah, Disneyland Paris particularly. But no, there's nothing that I'm looking forward to. Cool. <laughs> no, me neither. There, yeah, there's nothing on my, my to do. I think the only thing that for me I would like to do is, as you say, is cocktails in Fantasia. What is it, the Fantasia Bar? Cafe Fantasia. Cafe Fantasia, that yeah. Is it. So yeah, that's something that I would like to do while, while we're there. That makes it a bit more of a grown-up trip as well, I feel. I feel like not really done that before in disney yeah it is really exciting i did it with grumpy um it was actually his idea i was again i was lamenting about how i'll never stay at the disneyland hotel and you know how it was lovely and it was all well and good that he was taking me to disneyland but we were staying at the santa fe i'm joking i did not say that that would be horrible <laughs> you just I, thought so. <laughs> I, yeah, exactly no i was just saying because he was asking me about the different hotels and i was kind of saying which ones i'd stayed at and he asked why i hadn't stayed there and i said how expensive it was and he was like well, surely you can just go in and i was like oh no no of course not he was like mercedes it's a hotel like of course you can just walk in and the thought had never even occurred to me before so we just walked in literally as easy as that walked in looked at the lobby took loads of pictures again lamented in how disappointed i was that i wasn't staying there and then we went to the cafe fantasia and we had cocktails and it was such a lovely evening i think we had one each because they were so expensive and then we went to the horrible sports bar in disney village oh lovely what a way to end a night (laughs) oh yeah always So moving on, should we talk a little bit about attractions that are at Disneyland Paris? Because, you know, we've kind of spoken a little bit about our must-dos and also attractions that have had updates and things since we last went. But I'm really intrigued to hear from you, Tash, because obviously, as we say, I, I remember Disneyland Paris very clearly in the layout and the structure and that kind of stuff. 
Are there any attractions that you have been on before that you can't really remember that you're really excited to ride? And what other new bits and pieces are there that you're looking forward to going on as well? So the one I obviously mentioned already was Crush's Coaster. Can't wait to go on that again. And um, that was there when we went before, but I really can't remember it. I can only remember there's a bit where like it's all inside and then there's a bit where you come outside. Um, that is the only memory I really have of that ride. And we had to wait for like two hours to go onto it. Um, but yeah, I would say that is probably the top of my list in terms of unique attractions and, and things, you know, that I, I want to do again. Um, obviously Phantom Manor as well. Indiana Jones, um, Indiana Jones is another top one for me, um, because it's, that's a roller coaster more in Paris, isn't it? The ones that I've been on in, um, Tokyo, in California, it's always kind of where you're in the, the four by four, um, a bit of a more, well, not a gentle ride, obviously it throws you about like no other, but, um, yeah, it's not kind of your typical roller coaster. No, this is like, um, it's really difficult actually, there's not really anything. Has it got loops? Hmm. It's kind of like the um the Incredicoaster or California Screaming, like it doesn't look as cool as that. Yeah, I think it, I if I remember rightly, it looks really small. Yeah, it's yeah. not. It's actually quite yeah. long. Very very rickety. You need to protect yeah. your ears. And actually, the first time I went on it, it was backwards. I remember. Yeah, I remember you saying that. Mm. Um, a couple of others. Um. Pirates of the Caribbean is, is a funny one. I mean, I am very much looking forward to going on that because I love that ride, but it will be the first time that I've been on a version of that ride outside of Shanghai. And <laughs> it's just not going to compare at hey, all. Hey, all I'll say is at least it's that, not Anaheim. <laughs> I tell you, like, it's a completely different experience from Shanghai, obviously, but going on Shanghai and then Paris and then the one in Anaheim, I was like, oh my days, this ride needs to be closed and rebuilt maybe watch this space Who knows? <laughs> maybe we'll do it. um ratatouille of course and then hyperspace mountain as well is another one i went on that in hong kong and was quite disappointed by it um i didn't think it was that fast it actually felt quite slow um but i know the one in paris is is it the fastest space mountain i think in all of the parks the space mountain in paris it should have a different name it, like it shouldn't or they should have made the paris one hyperspace mountain and kept all the others a space mountain it's a completely different attraction it's a proper coaster think like um again i'm really struggling to think of coasters here think of like nemesis inferno in thought park but inside in the dark and your legs aren't dangling like is that kind of you've got like a, a really big acceleration at the beginning where you where you take off and then you've got loops corkscrews it's really fast you've got that really amazing music hopefully it'll be hyperspace when we go is it hyperspace when we go yeah good john williams music lasers flying ships you know all, all of that jazz can't Great. wait, can't wait. So yeah, I'd say they're my kind of my top my top attractions. Mm. Um, how about yourself? Yeah, it's difficult actually because I forget what's there, and I, which sounds insane. So we just said how many times I've been. They're all just kind of forming into one. All of these different Disney parks. Um, I I am the same. I love Pirates of the Caribbean, and it's not going to be like the one in Shanghai, but discarding the one in Shanghai, looking at all of the Western parks, the Paris one is far superior in my opinion. Tower of Terror, as I said, is another attraction that I just, oh, I love that ride. Every time I go on it, I'm reminded of how awesome it is. So I really, really love that. What else do I really like? Star Tours, really, really excited for that. I'm really hoping that they put some Rise of Skywalker footage in there as well to give it a bit of an update and a refresh for the last movie that's coming out very, very soon. Very exciting. This week, in fact. Mm. Comes out this week. I will be there. I will not there we are um so yes really really excited about that that's probably it actually in terms of like rides that i'm super super excited about i am of course really excited for the frozen celebration the fireworks the evening spectacular really looking forward to that the parade i'm really surprised that there's no Anna and elsa meet and greet yeah i know there's an olaf one yeah they've, but, they've never but the Olaf one is weird you need to I've not heard of this before but you need to register on Line Bertie yes um, which I I saw that the other day and I was like what on earth is this so I downloaded it and I did not know that this is a thing so yeah. for those of you that haven't heard of it Line Bertie is an app and it's actually a really cool idea in 
you know on paper i don't know you know how it works I've, as i said i've never used it never heard of it so i don't have not seen any reviews of it but basically you register the meet and greet that you want to sign up for or whatever it is and it essentially holds your place in the queue so it will tell you you know you're number 50 in the queue or whatever and then it will count down and then you'll get um, a notification or like an alarm like 10 minutes before you're near the front of the queue so then you have to make your way over like and essentially phone. jump the queue like the buzzers you get yeah like the buzzers you get in restaurants and stuff but um i don't know is uh, this is something as i say it's completely alien to me is this a new thing that disneyland paris are using it is indeed and i did exactly the same as you i downloaded it to be like what on earth is this and i i, I don't know i think the thing that i found strange about it was that disney didn't purchased the software the line bertie software and rebrand it as a disney thing because it's an external company that people use in france i have used similar things at tourist attractions and things like that and obviously you know that the concept of going away and coming back isn't a new thing for disney they do it in the dumbo attraction in Walt disney world now you get one of those like restaurant buzzers and it beeps when it's your turn to ride the attraction i think for families that you know have young children that might be a bit impatient it's a really really cool idea but yeah to see it for a meet and greet that's quite new for me and i'm really looking forward to see like how that works but just going back to kind of frozen i think the reason i was so surprised that there's no honor and elsa meet and greets because they've never had one in paris and i think you know we say every time we, d we do this podcast how lucky we are and how fortunate we are to have traveled around the world and visited all of the diff different parks but you know, I, I don't know about you, Tash, but I know for myself, once I've got a family, my financial situation is going to be quite different from how it is now. And probably Disneyland Paris will be the only resort that we visit while my children are young. And therefore, if they were really into Frozen, they would have never had the experience of meeting those characters. And I find that really, really odd. And it can't be a language thing because they have all of the other princesses and face characters that you can interact with. So I do find it really strange that particularly during this Frozen celebration, they've not got anything for little ones to meet Anna and Elsa and big ones as well. You know, I want to meet Anna and Elsa. So I just, that baffles me. I completely agree with you. I mean, it's, it's such an obvious choice you would think that you know Frozen is such a huge franchise now that you would think you know that would be a must have for for you know every park and and especially I would say Paris being a top one of them and I don't know it's a weird decision what is the decision behind not having them I, I don't know it's it baffles me but um yeah you'll have to stick with Olaf for now I'm afraid <laughs> I'd love to meet Kristoff yeah I've, I've never my newfound love for him there you go I've never seen a Kristoff meet and greet I have I have seen Kristoff in the parade and I'm sure that we'll get to see a you know Kristoff somewhere Prince Hans I've also seen in a parade um but yeah the, the Anna and Elsa meet and greet not being in Paris really does blow my mind the other thing as well that I think is super disappointing for the Frozen celebration it was one of the things I was most looking forward to is there's going to be a big firework spectacular they're actually using that lake that i mentioned where the three hotels kind of adorn it and i was really looking forward to that i was like oh my goodness we're going to get some sort of like world of color scale evening spectacular it's going to be absolutely amazing and then after disney had kind of announced that this was going to be happening they then said it was going to be on for three dates and it's the week after we go oh what are you joking no i heard about that but i didn't know it was only on for three days yeah that's disappointing it is disappointing if you want to know when those dates are do head over to the disneyland paris website because they have all of the information there so if you're in the area or you live close by because it's in the lake where the hotels are it's disney village so you can get the rer into Disney Village and literally walk up to where the hotels are I'm sure there'll be hundreds of locals there kind of glad we're escaping it to be honest but I am really disappointed and I think it's really bad that they kind of announced this big frozen celebration and said all of these things that were happening and then it was like yeah this is only going to be happening for three days but the logic behind it it's so obvious to me they're putting a lake in Walt Disney Studios for the frozen land and the Marvel land and the galaxy's edge that we were talking about so this is clearly a trial yeah, that's a very good point. Very true. But yeah, this is the first time that I've ever been to a Disney park where they've done kind of one of these, I don't know what you'd call it, themed months. I mean, this, this goes on from January until May, so this goes on for quite a while, but I've never been, you know, they've done things like they did the Festival of the Lion King, they've done Season of the Force, etc, etc. I've never been where they've kind of dedicated, you know, this, themselves to 
a film at any one time and yeah. i'm quite intrigued to ha- see how it plays out i mean i know with this they're kind of doing you know shows parade that kind of thing but um yeah it's it's interesting that there's a lot of key and obvious things that they could have done that they're not yeah i think I, yeah i completely agree with you i think it's kind of twofold because when i went for season of the force it was like i do really like star wars but i don't want the magic of disney to be lost so i think there's a really fine balance because if you hate frozen you're sick to death of it you book a disneyland trip and then after you've booked it they announce it's frozen celebration that's going to be quite disappointing you're going to think well i want the normal parade and the fireworks and everything so i think there is kind of a fine balance what i would say as well when you said just then you haven't been to a disney park where they've had one of these kind of celebrations I've only heard of them at Disneyland Paris. I know that Walt Disney World has um, Star Wars in May. They have like the the summer of whatever it's called. I can't even remember what it's called. Star Wars weekends, um, which they've always done, but that's slightly different. That's more like a D23. They have like Mark Hamill there doing Q and A's and directors and things like that. That's slightly different. I think the reason that Disneyland Paris does this is because of the money that they're not making. Yeah, you're probably right. The first year that Disneyland Paris was in profit was 2017 for the 25th anniversary. I know, that's shocking, isn't it? It's really bad. And what what this tells us is two things. Obviously, one, it's a commercial flop, but two, that was around the time that Disney took over 100% of the parks. They now own the theme park 100%. It's a Disney park in the same way that the one in California and the one in Florida is. And you can really tell, like, it's definitely stepped itself up in recent years. But I think because of the financial loss that it's had historically, that's why they're pushing, you know, Marvel Summer of Fun, Star Wars, um, not Star Wars weekends, for, so, season of the force, frozen celebration, because they're trying to get those repeat customers in. So, oh, we've just been for, for the season of the force, it was amazing. Oh, now they're doing frozen celebration, we're gonna have to go back. It's a little bit like secret cinema when they do different movies, and you're like, oh, what now they're doing this, I'm gonna have to go again. So, I think that's why they're doing it. Something that's really, really interesting to me about Disneyland Paris, and I've never really considered it before actually until this very moment. It's, to my knowledge, the only Disney resort around the world where if you stay at the Disneyland Hotel or a Disney hotel, you get your tickets included. Hmm. And I don't understand. To me, that makes absolute sense. Of course you should get your park admission. Why else would you want to stay in Mon La Valley in the Disneyland Hotel or the Santa Fe or the Cheyenne or wherever it may be? But I just, because that's something that, I don't understand why. If you're staying at a Walt Disney World hotel and you're spending all of that money, why on earth should you not get your park admission included? It's crazy. Yeah, I think that's a that's a fair point, but yeah, I don't know. I wonder why you do in Paris. Again, I guess it's to try and pull people in, draw them in, get them to spend all their monies with you. Who knows? Who knows? So, um, yeah, I think we've pretty much covered most of our plans for our trip. Um, is there anything else that you want to add? Not really. I think what I would say is if you are going with like a group of friends and you're in your 20s, same as Tash and I, then something that might be quite nice to do would be to go for a day trip to Paris. You can get there really easily from the RER train station, which is in Disney Village, or vice versa. If you're going for a girly weekend in Paris, why not have one day at Disneyland? So yeah, you don't have to, you know, spend all your time at disney but that's what we are doing we are indeed exactly yeah so um yeah that about wraps up obviously we will be talking a lot about our paris trip um at the end of january after we've been we'll probably end up doing a couple of episodes um on it so yeah do look forward to that in the meantime if you are planning a trip and you have any questions do let us know or if you've got any tips or anything you think that you know is a must do that we haven't mentioned let us know you can contact us on instagram at chat disney or on twitter at chat disney uk we're now going to head over to answering some of your questions what do you know okay so the first question tash comes in from dr kevin pollock on twitter and he asks anna or elsa definitely easy and i would say elsa it's funny because we're frozen to my like I like Elsa more. Next question is one from Vinto316 on Insta, Chris Vint. And he asks, I love this question, what has been your favourite ever celebrity voiceover? Ooh, that is a very, very good question. Um, Mm. There's so many to choose from. There are so many to choose from. Um, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of the obvious ones 
that you could say, you know, like Robin Williams as the genie, like that role was made for him. Eddie Murphy um, as Mushu. Yeah. Owen um, Wilson as Lightning McQueen. I'm trying to think of some of the less obvious ones that I've really enjoyed. The um, Rock as Maui. <laughs> There are so many. There are yeah, there are there are so many. Christian Bale as Thomas in Pocahontas. Yeah, that's a good one. That was one that I feel like no one really knew about until a few years ago. I remember it suddenly coming out. Everyone was like, "What? He was in this film?" Billy Connolly as Ray from Pocahontas. Yeah, but yeah, Pocahontas has quite a lot of them. Mel Gibson well, as John Smith. <laughs> Everyone's in Pocahontas. Um, it's a re- Do you know what? I'm. <laughs> mine's really random. It's probably not my favourite. But for today, just to answer this question, mine is Danny DeVito as Phil. That's a good one. That is a very good one. Yeah, that's my favourite. Yeah. Me, I, that's very hard. I have so many. All of the ones that I just mentioned. I also actually the wickedly talented Adele Dazeem as well. I love her as Elsa. Love Adele Dazeem. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. There we go. Uh, next question is: Are we all sorted for Christmas? And how much Disney stuff have we bought? Good question. Do you mean in terms of, of gifts for people or general Christmas both, stuff? Both, I guess. Both. Oh, interesting. So in terms of Christmas gifts, I haven't bought too many Christmas gifts because. Actually, no, that's a lie because my dad is very much into Disney. Actually, I haven't bought my dad anything for Christmas yet, so I don't know if anything <laughs> Disney will be coming his way. Um, so how prepared are you? Tash is not prepared. Not prepared at all. No, I've still got to buy my dad and my mum. In terms of what I think I will get for Christmas, I think there will be a lot of Disney. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm very prepared. I've only got like a few little bits and pieces to purchase. I actually took a whole day off work just to Christmas shop. I'm doing that on, well, today. <laughs> yeah. Sensible, sensible. Um, so it's sensible to do because then, you know, you get it done, job done. The shops are quieter as well on a weekday. Just a sensible decision. Disney things that I've purchased. I have a Mickey Mouse Christmas wreath that I absolutely love. I've got a few Christmas decorations as well that I've purchased. And I have, I can't, I can't say what any of it is because people listen to the podcast that I've bought presents for. But I have bought my sister something Disney related. Um, I think that's it actually. I think something for my sister. I already received a Christmas present from one of my cousins. She got me a Disney quiz that we should play together love it love a quiz let's do that yep um so yeah i'm I'm like a hundred percent sure that i'll get maybe 10 things that are disney things yeah often i often when you look at my presents like and you compare them to my nieces it's like who's who's is who and tasha's niece is three yeah exactly so there we go and the final question another one from chris vint will we ever review the star wars movies in the future you probably will i probably won't (laughs) well you know i will definitely be doing a rise of skywalker review on the podcast so that's exciting that might be next week might be the week after who knows who knows and i think that we would love to do that i think that tash you know we joke and we say that she doesn't like stars she does want to get involved obviously she's going to galaxy's edge in february so we're going to hold her hostage in a dark room and make her watch them all before that so i don't know that we'll do like you know an episode per movie or anything like that but we could certainly look at doing like a prequel episode a you know modern day star wars movies episodes i don't know yes definitely a lot of the time i do joke about this i mean i am i have already started the quest to uh watch all the films or certainly all the the original six you know if that if you know what nine. I mean. nine 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 there's nine films now but you know what i mean like before they brought it back again there were six there were, but these these three are definitely a part. Okay, of that. well nine, so and I've got another three to watch. So, but yeah, I've done two, so I'm not even a quarter of the way there yet. But no, I am no. If it's looking unrealistic, and I'd be really keen to hear what our listeners think of this as well, my advice would be skip the three in the middle. Okay. For Batu and for Galaxy's Edge, 
if it's looking unrealistic i'd say go for your three classics and then your three contemporary and skip your 90s well jargon. i'm gonna do one this week so okay. then i'm the third of the way through and then i've got six and i feel like a lot of january will be dedicated to this so Perfect. i think it's doable i think it is too i want to go to galaxy's edge and appreciate it you need to watch all nine there you are there she is we'll see if she upholds her part of the bargain do you know what i'm watching this christmas what are you watching i am re-watching all of the marvel movies in not the order of release but the order of when they took place in the marvel timeline oh yeah amazing. i think you should do the same some people say we have a lot of time on our hands <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> who would ever say such things no so that wraps up the episode for this week tash and i are really looking forward to our disneyland paris trip in january if you've got any more questions about the trip or anything else in general remember you can tweet us at chat disney uk or instagram at chat disney we are really really excited about next week's episode it is going to be focused on everything christmas Woo! go christmas we love christmas and we love disney and mixing disney and christmas together is just the best thing ever absolutely and remember to keep your questions coming the week after christmas during that nice little period that you guys are off work and you don't really know what day of the week it is we're still going to be here we're going to be doing a summary of disney 2019 so you do not want to miss that if there's anything you would like featured on that episode or you had any highlights or best bits from our first it will be 40 episodes or oh, it's 40 today it's 40 today so yeah exactly so if you've got any highlights or best bits from the past 40 episodes that you would like to shout out and mention then definitely send that our way so that we can feature that in our episode in two weeks time which is our 2019 summary yes so we look forward to speaking to you then have a great week have a great week bye bye thank you goodbye now goodbye goodbye thank you goodbye